anybody knows what a best friend really is like, women are the ones that know. And so when you start applying that same standard to your partner, all of a sudden you're wondering like, why am I letting him get away with this stuff? I would never let my best friend talk to me like this. And so it should be the exact same standard for both your female best friends and your romantic partner. It's the same type of relationship. Welcome to the Love Strategies podcast, where we help successful women attract high value men, date with a strategy and improve their relationships. Now, whether you're single or dating or in a new relationship, we're here to help you dive into the male mind and provide raw insights found nowhere else, backed by science, psychology, and our own personal experiences. Your hosts today are myself, Adam LaDolce, professional dating coach and founder of Love Strategies. And Dr. Gary Lewandowski, relationship scientist, professor, and our head relationship coach here at Love Strategies. Please share with a friend and enjoy. All right, so Gary, the topic of this week's podcast is what gets you together versus what keeps you together. So let's kick this thing off, dude, and tell me what got you together with your wife? Let's just get personal, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, as, as someone who has studied relationships as long as I have and has done a bunch of science on relationships, I should have a really, really profound answer. Yeah, you should. The secret to success, right? Um, I don't have that. What I have is the honest answer, which is just simply, my wife's hot. And so <laughs> I, I, nice. I kind of knew who she was. I, I found out she was you know, about to move in upstairs. I, I saw her kind of moving her stuff in. I was like, yeah, I should go talk to her. Um, and then, you know, that, that's, that's really all it took. And, and one thing led to another. And, and here we are today, 20 years later. Are you sure you're a professor and not like a college student calling your wife hot? Just starting that off that way. I love it. Do you say that to your students? I, I don't. I don't call them hot, but I would. I use that exact term. And I tell. I will tell them. This is a very technical term. Yeah, just hot. I love it. I love it. So, how about you? How did uh, you and Jess get together? What was, what was the secret sauce? Oh, well, it was New Year's Day 2015 after uh, mm -hmm. a pretty wild night at this this bar. So I stayed there all night that night with my friend. I was in a pretty mm -hmm. wild time in my life. And then I woke up the next morning. He's like, you know, it's better than New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. And I got these girls that I want to meet there. I'm like, done and done. And the moment <laughs> I saw her at 9 a.m. with just like dark, baggy, you know, dark eyes, over, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. And yes, was, is she incredibly attractive? I, yes, absolutely. And certainly to me, but it was also her energy. There was definitely just like a level of, of chemistry and I, it, it definitely goes in that bucket of attraction, right? Initially sure. it wasn't like, I didn't get to know who the essence of who she was at that time <laughs> and that day necessarily. I just got a, a feel for her vibe and who she was. And we, we had great chemistry. Um, and that's definitely what drew me to her the first day. So, yes. And I see a lot of that stuff, you know, th there's very little, you know, how somebody looks is like the one thing you can know when you know nothing about them. Right. right? And like in those early stages, you know, so little about the person and so it's just kind of like you're going on instinct, you're going on gut, you're going on just that emotional energy. And so it's that excitement, it's the adrenaline, and it's, it's a very different process than, you know, what happens 10, 15 years later. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it can be, it, it's the most exciting thing in the world when you meet someone that you're incredibly attracted to and you're interested in and you want to know more about them. But I think it can also be kind of dangerous if that's all you rely on. And with like what we do in Love Accelerate, I want to hear what you guys do and talk about in relationship synergy as well about this. But 
you know, we talk about this concept, I call it the lasting love formula. And there's really three things ultimately we want in our lifelong partner. The first is of course, attraction. And that's usually pretty easy for people. Like when I saw <laughs> Jessica, I was attracted to her. Oh my God, that's an easy one. But the <laughs> other bags two, under the eyes, right? Yeah, with the bags under the eyes. I don't think she was attracted to me. No, actually, I know for a fact she wasn't. She was just like, who is this guy? This guy's like yep. crazy. Uh, and I, I was, I was, I probably just didn't get enough sleep. Uh, so there's attraction, there is friendship. I think that's a cornerstone that, that encompasses kind of like a lot of different things we can talk about it if you want. Mm -hmm. uh, and the third is just compatibility. And do you want the same things? Are your lives compatible with one another? Are you on the same page? And that could be mm -hmm. religious uh, ideas, uh, your personal values, and so on and so forth. And I think when the point of all this, I'm not trying to get in teacher mode, but the point of all this is I think too many people, especially when we're younger, rely on attraction as our sole mm -hmm. kind of force for mm -hmm. who we're going to end up with. And they don't think about friendship is he respectful is he mm -hmm. kind do we like each other or compatibility like are, do our lives even make sense or does he live 2000 miles away and it's like a long distance relationship and so i think he can get a lot of people in trouble if that's all they rely on yeah and you know i mean you're talking about three different ingredients and those three ingredients are are more important at different times of your relationship, right? The attraction is unavoidable early on, right? I mean, to get you together, you need that attraction element. You're not going to yeah. have friendship in the first week, month, whatever. I mean, that, that takes right. some time to develop. And so yeah. you're right. I mean, the mistake people make is they try to have that one component, the attraction component, carry them through for the whole relationship and, and rely solely on that. The problem is we're all, we're all getting less attractive over time. <laughs> I don't know right. about you, man, but I'm, I've gotten like 10 times less attractive in the past like three months. Just like it, it's, it's exponential for me right now. The I don't pandemic know did some damage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For sure. But That's it's like you're a podcast because uh, the YouTube, like people don't want to see me on video anymore. So we're just going on audio and that's going to really help things out. All audio, all pictures, uh, you know, from about here up, then we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They don't see the beer belly. I love it. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, what we talk about in relationship science is we talk about the difference between passionate and companionate love. And, you know, passionate love is that, you know, you, you're preoccupied with them. They're perfect. There's this strong attraction. It's all that high energy, the, the physical component. Um, and that's great. That's what gets you together. But what keeps yeah. you together is companionate love. You know, what you're talking about on friendship is like your partner should be your best friend. You need to have things in common. You need to laugh about the same things and enjoy some of the same activities. Um, and you can't switch them out. Like you want the passion to continue, sure. But like there is a transformation that just naturally hope happens over time. And you just have to realize they're different processes. Yeah, it's true. I mean... And I agree. I've, I've read a lot of the literature on companionate love versus passionate love, and I love your stuff. And I, I think the reason why, at least I call, I talk about friendship and compatibility, I kind of break it out a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. I like the word friendship just because everyone has had, or most people have had a really close friend before. And so mm -hmm. we kind of know what that feels like when you have a friend you can rely on, that you can connect mm -hmm. with, that you don't feel like you're hiding your true self, that you feel like there's just like, there's just that spark between the two of you. There's trust, right? And when right. you can start, I've seen a lot of women who are in bad relationships where they're super attracted to the guy. He's a bad boy and all of that stuff. And even in the early phases, a couple months in, whatever. But I'd be like, would you ever consider him to be a friend or display qualities of your closest friends? And they're like, dear God, no. He's terrible right. to me, <laughs> right? He's not a nice, he's like not a nice person to me. And, right. and it can kind of help people get hopefully through that a little bit and, and fight that force of attraction that can take hold uh, over us. And it really is a very addictive 
feeling. I mean, that, that this first couple months, I mean, our brain chemistry gets literally rewired, doesn't it? I mean, you tell me you're the science guy, but like my understanding is that it can be as addictive as drugs. I mean, hard drugs, like, yeah, cocaine. it does some of the same exact stuff, right? You right. get that dopamine rush and, and, you know, it, it really is overpowering. And that's why, you know, we just get flooded with all these feelings and it's easy to kind of let that take over. Um, and feel like you're falling out of love when, when it starts to subside a little bit. But, yeah. you know, going back to that friendship thing, I think it's a particularly good question for women to consider because, frankly, when it comes to friendships, women are much better at it than guys are. Right? Yeah. So females, their best friends are like legit best friends. Like they know everything. They're close. It is all the key components. So if anybody knows what a best friend really is like. Women are the ones that know. And so when you start applying that same standard to your partner, all of a sudden you're wondering like, why am I letting him get away with this stuff? I would never let my best friend talk to me like this. And so it should be the exact same standard for both your female best friends and your romantic partner. It's the same type of relationship. Your romantic partner just also is, is best friend plus passion, right? You, you still have that passion attraction element as well. Right, right. So there's attraction, there's friendship. And then I think of the compatibility piece is kind of our brain coming along with our heart, right? It's like, mm -hmm. it, yeah, you can have attraction and you can also have friendship with a person, but like, mm -hmm. are you a devout Jew and he is mm -hmm. Christian and both of you, it's very important for you to mm -hmm. marry within your faith. Like, and, and to me, I'm not religious. So to me, I'd be like, you know what? Just get married anyways. Come on. That's, that's not, that's not a right. thing, but for other people, that is very, very important. And, and I think there's the compatibility piece, which I think most people will love usually prevails. I'd be curious on your thought. Do you feel like love prevails in those situations? And, and, uh, do people overlook a lot of those pieces just to kind of go along with the, those emotions that they feel when they first fall in love? For sure, right? I mean, I see that compatibility stuff as some of just the pragmatics of relationships, right? Like, yeah. am I a morning person and you're a night person, right? It's, do we eat the same kinds of food? Or do I like steak and you're a vegan? Like, I mean, we that's an issue, right? And so a lot of that stuff gets revealed over time, particularly, you know, yeah. the first time you start living together, you start figuring out a lot quick, right? Oh my God, dear God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's a lot of stuff you, did, you wish you didn't know, right? Yeah. But by then... All of that brain chemical stuff has already taken hold, yeah. right? And so we put a lot of emphasis on the emotional feelings and then we don't, like you, you mentioned it as a brain thing. And I think that's a really great way to think about it because it, it's very practical. And we're like, nope, love, love finds a way, love, love is all that matters. And so a lot of that compatibility stuff, we do kind of, you know, let go, right? It, it's a standard we might've had and wished for, but it's like, nah, we have the other parts that are more important. Um, and, and sometimes that can get us in trouble. Hey there, ladies. As you can see, we're just getting this podcast off the ground. And since we don't run any ads, I only have one quick favor to ask in return. Can you just take a quick second right now, pause this episode and just leave us a review wherever it is that you're listening to the podcast. Really help us out a lot. And it really does spread the love. And uh, I think the world needs a little bit more of that. So I appreciate you. Now let's get back to the show. All right. So we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, what attracted us to our wives, like what got yeah. us together. So now I'm curious, Adam, like what has kept you together over the years? Um, a lot of things. I mean, I think the, the key things are having, wanting to spend your days together and do the same types of things, I think is really, mm -hmm. really important. Mm -hmm. Actually liking the person, not just loving mm -hmm. them is mm -hmm. incredibly important. 
Um, I also think that there's so many things about Jessica that I couldn't have known. Like, I just feel like I got so lucky about mm-hmm. like, and she's this incredible counterbalance to me. And I don't know if it's me just backward rationalizing, like, because I love her because I'm in mm-hmm. it, I'm caught in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, to me, it's like, she's very like financially well thought like she's she's we're on the same page financially which i know is incredibly important in relationships Mm -hmm, it's it's an absolute deal breaker for a lot of people and she's just very fun to be around and a very pleasant person to be around but i didn't know all that necessarily was going to be that way uh so i don't know if i'm backward rationalizing what do you think yeah i mean i think when you luck into some things and like you 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 know, it, love is about discovery, right? And sometimes you discover that, you know, they clap when a plane lands. And sometimes you discover that they're a really great person to talk to, right? And it's like, you, t- right. you take the good with the bad. Right. Um, you know, at least in, in my case, I mean, what has kept me together with my wife, Colleen? I mean, it's been 20 years. It's she, I admire her so much. Like she is literally the nicest, kindest person that I've ever met. Right. Like she is positive pretty much all the time. She's, she's happy all the time. Like it's not, there's no drama. There's not a lot of, there's not an emotional roller coaster thing. Like she knows how to argue the right way, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, we, we have arguments and things and we have disagreements because we're human, but like, she's not crazy <laughs> about it. Right. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, she can let things go. Right. right. And so, at some point, like you get to a point, you just got to let things go and, and kind of move on. And like, we, we both kind of are very emotionally, of the same kind of even keel. And so that's super helpful too. And it's, it's like you said, I, there's nothing, of, I didn't know any of that when you know I saw her the first time I was like, this girl's hot. It's just kind of worked out that she was also a wonderful relationship partner. And, yeah. you know, we've, we've improved <clears throat> together. We've grown together. And we both kind of have that as a value where we want to, you know, grow and improve together. And so, you know, we're, we definitely feel like the, the two of us together are better than the two of us by ourselves. And, and that's a big part of it too. Yeah. So I found that there's some people who are more disciplined than others when it comes to dating. Like for me, mm-hmm. when I think back to my dating life, there were just some women I dated that I found very attractive, but I just didn't like them as a human being after a while. It didn't mm-hmm. take me long to realize that, right? right? And I don't even know if it's discipline, but I just didn't want to be around them. But I know so many of my clients who will reach that same point with a guy, but mm-hmm. they cannot leave him. Mm-hmm. Like they just, they're just so caught up in this do you have any sense as to why some people and i'd be curious to, even in your situation like do you feel like if you found something out about your wife maybe she was a little bit emotionally volatile right like would right. you have the discipline to have walked away or were you just like in it uh, so in it that you couldn't i don't know i mean there and i find this word of discipline to be an important part of at least why we're you know why we're so successful with our clients because that's what we push really hard Sure. Yeah, because I, I think it, you know this discipline. It, it's a thoughtful, purposeful, intentional approach, right? And so yeah. when you ask, would I have been? I mean, I would like to you know go back and think. Yeah, of course, I, I would have been disciplined enough to to get out of that relationship. And you know, and I think to a previous relationship, and when I when I, I was disciplined enough, I kind of realized it wasn't going to work out, and I was the one to get out. Um, but it's that you know, I say that it, it's not that easy, right? I mean, we we know it, it's a struggle, but it's that's why it's important to kind of realize that getting together with somebody is nice. Like we want to have a partner, but that's not the special part. In fact, it's, it's in many ways, the easy part, particularly for women, women want a relationship partner. They're gonna have no problem finding somebody. The key is you want a good partner. 
And right. so to find that good partner, it's, it's going to take a little bit more, right? It's going to take some more of that discipline to really make sure that you're maintaining your, your standards, like you're, you're sticking to your love vision and, you know, you're able to follow through in this thoughtful, intentional way that, that we talk about. Right. I, I really do think like community is such an important part of being disciplined and having guardrails throughout the process. Cause I know for a fact myself, like I do have those guardrails in my life through friends and family. And I, and I, I can point back to certain people in my life. Certainly when I was dating a lot who would just be like, Hey man, I just want to give you a second thought on this. And I think that that's, um, why being a part of any community is really, really important for those women mm -hmm. out there who are especially very lonely and trying to do this alone. And whether it's our community or any community out there, truly, um, finding your people who can give you that real feedback to, to make you kind of think twice. If you're getting involved with a guy that you're so overwhelmed with this like excitement and uh, what is it, neuroproniferin, dopamine, you know, <laughs> serotonin, everything that's flowing through your veins, it's really hard to make the right decisions uh, uh, in relationships. And just having someone who can like kind of second guess you a little bit, uh, you know, with the right intentions, um, mm -hmm. I think can be extremely helpful. Yeah, I mean, you need that objectivity because yeah. when you're in it, you want it to work. Yeah, you do. <laughs> we're, we're geared to be in relationships. I mean, we're, you know, yeah. we're, brain geared towards wanting to be in relationships and, and making those connections, particularly as women, like you've been socialized your whole life to be good at relationships and for that to be a big part of your identity. And so you want relationships to work. And so you're motivated to make them work at any cost. One of the ways yeah. you do that, particularly early on is you start thinking about and pointing out all the things that are going well. And that's just natural. It's like, Oh, look at, you know, everybody likes to be right. It's like, Oh, I'm in a great relationship. And here, here's X, Y, Z reasons why here's the problem though. It's like early in a relationship, the fact that you can point out some good things, I mean, this sounds like a jerky thing to say, but it's not special, right? Early in relationships, all that good stuff is easy. That's the easy part. It's easy to have a bunch of good stuff early on. And so if you're really banking on all those easy things that like, this is what makes my relationship so amazing, that's, that's going to be tough. And so that's where like, you really have to, you know, do some things to give your relationship some legs, give it some staying power to, you know, turn that thing. That's all about excitement into something that's about stability and, and dependability. Yeah. And that's not always the easiest transition. So the real question I have for you, here's the hundred <laughs> billion trillion dollar question is, <laughs> is there any real way to predict the future of your relationship and predict where a person's going because like you know people have been using astrology anything they can to be like is he the right person for me is it going to be perfect and all of this bs right. yap 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 yeah. but and and i like to think like oh i know where jessica's going i, I like to know like i think where i'm going to end up and it's going to be great but mm -hmm. then i look at a lot of older couples who are just like nagging at each other and clearly mm -hmm. are just not on the same page. And I'm sure when they were in their thirties and recently mm -hmm. married, they were probably like, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing in the world. So <laughs> how do you make a real prediction? Can you, for starters, in your opinion, make that prediction? Is there any science that backs that up? And also like, are, like, how do you navigate that when you're trying to predict any future? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced that there is a way to truly predict that. I mean, what I find from, from a lot of hardcore science is you need two things. You need uh, a Ouija board and crystals. Amen. I got, I got both of them. 
No, so <laughs> you don't. Know, Ouija boards and crystals is not the answer. Um, yeah. You know, I was just saying a second ago about how, like, you know, all that stuff early on, all that positive things that are going on is not special. Like, every relationship yeah. starts off with good things. Yeah. One of the things we know from the research is that while it's true that relationships all start off with good things, the relationships that stay together start off with fewer costs, fewer bad things, mm. right? And so costs are generally kind of minimal early on. They should be very minimal early on. But like those relationships that stay together are really minimal. They're like, there's virtually no costs, right? There's virtually no bad sides early on. The ones that have a hard time staying together, they have a couple of costs right from the beginning. And what we know from the divorce literature is that the things that end up getting you divorced don't pop up out of nowhere over time. They were there from the beginning and you just kind of let it go. And like that brain chemistry, dopamine stuff just kind of like was like, no, don't look at that. Ignore that. That's not a problem. Yeah. And turns out when you start ignoring problems, like they don't go away. They, they just grow and, and get bigger. Right. Yeah. Um, so so that's that's definitely a problem. Right. His narcissistic tendencies turn into just full-blown narcissism and, you know, yeah. in a few years, once like it all kind of like wears off, and you're like, oh my God, this is who I'm left with. Oh dear God, help me. Yeah. yeah. And sort of like, you know, this is the person you agreed to be with and, you know, this is the rules of your game. And, you know, you can only tolerate things for so long before you're like, okay, enough, enough, pal. Like that, that's just, I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, you ask the other thing that's kind of what's the key ingredient? Like how do you end up in that, that old bitter couple or how do you avoid being that old couple who fights all the time and things? And I think, you know, the one mechanism that underlies everything for relationship success, and this is kind of a cheating answer because it's not like a one simple thing, right? It's like effort. You have to be willing to put in the effort. Like too many times we take this approach to our relationships where it's like, once we find the right person, you know, it's a set it and forget it. And we just kind of like assume like, we're done now. Take the like, jersey off. You put the jersey on for dating. Yeah. You get out there, do your whole thing, and then it's yeah. like in a relationship, and you just get that, you know, whatever it is. You, no, not it has nothing to do with physical. You just let it go. You stop caring. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's like one of those sayings that you know applies to relationships. Like your actions reveal your priorities, and yeah. so if your relationship is a priority, you got to take action. Like you have to be willing to do some things. You got to you got to learn new information, learn new skills, be able to like manage your expectations and and how you're thinking about your relationship, and that's all stuff that you know many people aren't willing or able to pull off in a reasonable way. And so, you know, sadly, we know the happiest you are in this, this sounds awful, but this is what the research shows that it just, it, it is what it is, I guess. But it's like, people say like the happiest your relationship is ever going to be is when you walk down the aisle. And then from that moment on, it's just, it, it, it's constantly going down. And it's like, that's true. And, I, and when I give talks and I talk to my students, I, I tell them that's all true, but that's all true for people who haven't spent the time to learn more about how to do better at this. And so th there's a little bit of hope in there too. Does the, does the literature say it's more, I could see that it'd be more exciting, more joyful, more ha like the mm -hmm. word happy is different than fulfilling. So mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. do I feel happy if I am, I don't know, doing a line of cocaine or whatever. Okay, probably. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, you know, whatever. I'm not into yeah. that stuff. But like, let's say, yeah, that would make me happy. But is it fulfilling? And I mm -hmm. think that maybe there is, and I'd be curious, you probably know, you know the literature better than I, which is like, does it maybe, it's exciting and it's it's happy, it's all that stuff. But when you 
grow older together, it's deeper and more fulfilling and more trust, especially if you're doing the right work. Sure. It has to be. And this is, you know, another one of those things that this is the difference between, you know, what gets you together and what keeps you together. Getting, when you're getting together, it's about happiness, right? Because it's very, it's right there in the moment. Like I want to be happy. I enjoy spending time with you. You're exciting. You're mysterious. You're interesting. Like happy, 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 happy. Great. Happiness is is still great later on, but it's not nearly as important as fulfillment. Fulfillment is something that it's about meaning. It's about growth. It's it's about something tangible and long lasting. And it's like, we all want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And, you know, fulfillment is about being part of something bigger than yourself. And a lot of times that's, you know, you and your relationship. It's like, are you making a difference? And, you know, you can do that in lots of different ways. You know, sometimes it's through having kids or, you know, doing things in your community or, just the, the kinds of things that you guys do together. It's, it's, they're different goals and right. fulfillment is definitely the better goal. Yeah. And it also just depends on where you're, where you are in your life. And like, so an ungodly amount of my time is spent <laughs> trying to convince a woman. Cause I only coach women mm-hmm. who are dating guys that are not good for them clearly. Mm-hmm. And they know it mm-hmm. trying to appeal to the rational side that like, they need to say that magical four letter word, which is next and move on to the <laughs> next. And that's what we always say. And it's, it, I find it just to be so challenging in the way that I always try to appeal to that is to ask them, what do you value in your life right now? Is mm-hmm. it excitement? Is it being able to do whatever you want? Freedom? Is it being able to, is it just like that, not being sure if he's there or not feeling that hot and cold feeling. If that's what you desire, go casually date. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you desire security, if you desire fulfillment, if you desire something meaningful, then we need to be looking for, we need to be first off intentional about finding that. And then only accepting people who are willing to fulfill that need. And it's, it, it's, it's so challenging over and over again to have this conversation, but it can be really helpful, I think, for people, especially when you're in it, to be like, yeah, you know what? I do value security. And if I'm going to have security and fulfillment, it might mean that things are a little bit less exciting. Mm-hmm. Like healthy relationships really are boring sometimes. Like yeah. the most, you know, like yeah. Yeah. rolling, rolling over in, the, in bed and just like talking about like what happened yesterday. It's not, it's <laughs> not what it was when you first start dating and that's okay. But and, it's comforting and reassuring, right? It's, it's, right. it's a very different animal, right? It's, it's why you don't see too many stable relationships portrayed in the media because it is right. boring. Like it's just, it's so standard. And so, you know, it's funny to talk about, you know, what do people want? And, you know, thinking about it, I, I always ask people to think about the future. It's not what you want. It's what you want now, but it's also like, what do you think you're going to want in five years? What do you think you're going to want in 10 years? Because that's what you're thinking about. You're in this for the long haul. Right. And it, it's like, people are, I, I always equate it to, to jobs, right? It's like, you know, being a bartender is fun. Yeah. It's a fun job. Right. Yeah, I've always like, wanted to be a bartender. How did you know right? my like, favorite like job? That's what I'm going to do when I retire is be a bartender. <laughs> like, <laughs> how cool would that be? Like a little tiki bar? Like, so, I mean, that'd be yeah. fantastic. Okay. But now is that going to be fun in 20 years? Right. Right. Like, is, is that really going to be something that you want to be doing later in life? And it's like, probably not like it, you don't want to be the old bartender, right? Is, is that it, even fun by the right. second day on the job? It's like hooking up with that guy. That's like really cute and right. whatever. And then you hook up with him. And you're like, ah, oh, what did I do? I feel dirty. Hey, you know, right. funny, funny topic <laughs> on this whole bartender thing, Jessica hurt, like, she always would say that she's like, I just want to work at a brewery and I want to like be back there and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were at a brewery a couple of years ago. We we're sitting there having a beer at a local brewery. And I was like, 
kind of teasing Jessica. I'm like, yeah, her grades. I don't know how I said. I'm like, I, she really wants to be a brewer. And she, they're like, it's so funny. We have an open job. Like, do you want to do it? And Jessica's <laughs> like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. And they're like, okay, great. So you got to be here on Saturday night, Sunday mm-hmm, night, and do this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, can I do this on like Tuesday nights from like 4 p.m. <laughs> to 7 p.m. So I'm home for dinner. They're like, right? No, like, and you also right. got to clean the keg. You got to do all this yep. stuff. <laughs> Just like, she wanted know, a it, hobby. She wanted a hobby, and they're like, no, you need to work. A job, okay, and right. uh, and like you said, you know, even that be it'd be fun for a little bit, a little while, but at that time in your life. But then in ten years, is that yeah. still going to be the same kind of fun? It's not going to be fulfilling, yeah. right? It's, it's going to bring some happiness, some temporary fun, but it's not going to bring fulfillment in the same way. Something a little bit more substance is really going to going to bring to you. So, so how do you date? Because uh, I'm the I'm going to always ask you questions about dating because this, this is the world I live in. But how do you date in a way that sets you up for long term fulfillment like that without being a wet blanket and without being boring? Right. Like you don't want dating should be fun and exciting, but also should set you up for long term success. I have my answer, but I'm, I'm curious on yours more importantly. How, how do you do that? Because what, what do a lot of women do, just as you're thinking about it, a, a lot of people will go into dating very serious. And mm-hmm. they'll kind mm-hmm. of treat it like a job interview, which is also very unattractive and not very exciting and interesting as well. Right. So we don't want to do that either, you know? I mean, I think, you, it, I think it always starts with knowing yourself and knowing what you want, right? Yes. You have to be really clear about, about what you want. And so, you know, you definitely don't want to treat it like a job interview. But yeah. you, you also, in the back of your mind, you have to kind of know why you're there. And like, you know, be able to keep your eye on the prize, so to speak, right? Like you got to go out there and have fun because it, it all starts that way. But yeah. then you have to kind of date with some intentionality as well in, in terms of the conversations and just kind of gauge where the other person's at. Um, because without that intentionality, there's a really strong pull of inertia, right? Like, so you can have like the super fun, happy guy, right? You're dating him for a while. And it's like, after you're dating him for six months, then you start getting like, like well, we've been to six months, like... What else am I going to do? So you kind of like you just start staying for the wrong reasons, and so if you don't have that intentionality, um, I don't know. So what do you think? Like what you, you said, you have an answer. What do you think? <laughs> let's, see. let's see. Let's hear your answer, pal. You're the dating guy. <laughs> Sorry, let me put you on the spot. I was just, I'm, I'm very like what what we teach is, and and the synergy steps with what you do is very in line with this, like is having a love vision. And that's what we call little love step number two. So mm-hmm. we get very clear about what are our absolute deal breakers and what mm-hmm. are our needs. And mm-hmm. our needs can't be a list that is 300 pages long with 100 different responses, mm-hmm. right? We, mm-hmm. No one can date like that because no one is ever going to meet that. But there can be a few critical things that our absolute needs and we write that in a love vision and we connect with it on an emotional level and we actually put it down, post it to the community, post it to everyone. And Mm -hmm. that is our discipline. That is our North star. And whenever I'm working with clients and they start dating Mm -hmm. and they inevitably meet guys, they'll go out there flirting, having fun, meeting Mm -hmm. lots of guys, low Mm -hmm. emotional investment early on because they haven't really met anyone, but they have this love vision. And what happens is, Boom. When they meet a guy that they really like, Mm -hmm. that's when the entire process kicks into gear. And I'm always like, do they meet your love vision? Go back to your love vision right now. Like pull it up. And Mm -hmm. they're like, I got to pull my love vision. Does he, does he actually meet that? And, and sometimes he might not, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. Sometimes there's something that maybe 
is just like not now important and you've realized mm-hmm. that it's it's not mm-hmm. meant to like be this you know tattoo on your arm that is there in blood and and, and right. scar tissue right? right it's just there to kind of keep that uh, that that brain along with us and um yeah, I, and it I, should I, make it harder it should make it easier right yeah that's the point that's the right? point you kind of like remember- have this you have this idea ahead of time before you go in Right. So then you actually like with, a, you know, that was like your clear, thoughtful way to approach it so that you don't let some of these other things override. Right. So it's like, I really do want him to have a job like that really yeah. is. Important. <laughs> yeah. Right. Don't want it's him like, to be sitting on the couch, living on the couch. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Or be working with his band. Right. Like, I mean, like you have to like you want to make sure that there are certain, like you said, deal breakers, these absolute must haves. Um, and, and having that clear, like you said, North Star, I, I think is really smart. Yeah. And it can be a moving document. I mean, I came across my my personal love vision from like, seriously, this is from like 12 years ago. I didn't call it a love vision back then. Uh, mm-hmm. I Probably when I was coaching men, I had a probably a different term. Love vision is probably not as like geared for men, <laughs> you know? Uh, but I had, I had that type of thing. And I remember one of them was when I was reading it, it was a couple of years ago, but it was like, I want to be with someone who's very spiritual. And mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not even spiritual. Like, and I think back to that time, I think I was in like a big yoga phase and okay. I was just into that whole scene. Mm-hmm. And like, it's so funny looking back on that. I was probably getting into that scene. I do, I do remember vaguely dating in that group. And I found mm-hmm. that the type of women I was connecting with that were in that group, actually, I wasn't getting along with at all. Like, cause that's not me. So just remember it's, it's not like, again, it's not a tattoo on your arm. It's, it's a North star and it can be a changing document. And honestly, so long as you have something there that you're thinking this through and the fact that you're even listening to a podcast right now shows that you're already in the 99.9% of people who are being intentional about this stuff, mm-hmm. you're bringing your brain along with it and mm-hmm. just realize that attraction doesn't necessarily mean love. It's lust. There's passion, love, and there's companionate love. And uh, I think that can be really helpful. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I think is, is can really guide you towards something that is, is healthier for you long-term. Yeah. And you said, you know, it could change. I, I, I would say it should change, right? It should change because you should change. Like you should be evolving and changing and growing. And so, you know, what you want, your expectations, your love vision, I mean, that, that's got to change along with you as well. We've talked a lot about a lot today. I want to ask you, what do you think in the end, what's most important? What gets you together versus what keeps you together? What's most important? I, okay. So this is maybe not fair. They're both important. Right. So they're clearly both important. But if I, if I had to pick one that's more important, I'm definitely going to pick the staying together. Like what yeah. keeps you together? That's going to be more important because I, I think it's the harder part. I think it's the part that takes a little bit more effort. And I think it's the part for whatever reason that people just don't put as much effort into. Right. I mean, we, we kind of spend so much time thinking about who we're going to be with and can we find the special person? We almost have this overly romantic ideal about how relationships are going to go. Like as long as I find the Mr. Right, then everything else is going to take care of itself. And we just kind of let the relationship piece actually just go. Um, mm. So I, I, I think that part's more important. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree. It's such a tricky one to answer. I mean, attraction is cheap. I will say that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. people I'm attracted to people all the time. I mean, just mm-hmm. walk down the street. I'm attracted to women. It doesn't mm-hmm. go away the moment you got a ring on your finger. Um, right. And so attraction is cheap. Chemistry is cheap. Flirting is cheap. Uh, going on a couple of dates with someone, you have a great connection. That's, that's easy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I will agree with you that the real 
effort and work comes in later on. However, I will say, because I'm the dating guy and this is what I do, when you date the, with the strategy in the right way, I think it can really set you up for a long-term success. The way that you date mm -hmm. is ultimately how you're going to end up in a relationship and the quality mm -hmm. of the person you end up with. And especially when you don't date with the mentality that you're find, looking for the one or there's that one mm -hmm. soul, your soulmate, blah, blah, blah. It's more, let's go out there. Let's talk to lots and lots of people. Let's flirt, learn how to flirt, learn how to connect, learn how to ask mm -hmm. questions, learn how to slow down before we commit our hearts and so on and so forth. Learn how to set boundaries. If you can do that, man, I think, uh, I think they're the same. <laughs> can I answer that way? Yeah, no, that's, that's kind of how I started. Is, is like, I, yeah. I think they're, they're obviously both important. It's, it's like, you know, computer programmers have this saying, garbage in, garbage out, right? Yeah. And so you, it's really going to be hard to have a, a really great, long-lasting relationship if, you don't, if you're not with the right person, right? It's like yeah. trying to make this really great meal with horrible ingredients. Like it's, yeah. it's just not going to work, right? So well, you got to have the good ingredients to start with. Also, I think, and I'd be curious on your thoughts, and we can end with this, uh, is I think some people have are better at, at dating and some people are better in relationships. And so I know for myself, for example, when I came out of college, I was probably better at relationships. I wasn't great at mm -hmm. dating. So that was like my big gaping hole that I needed to fix. And then mm -hmm. I work with a lot of people who... I help with their dating life, but then they need, they don't know how to do relationships. I mm -hmm. think they're very different skills. So it also just depends on what are your deficiencies? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think, you know, you're right. Some people are going to be better at certain things. I mean, I'm thinking between those two, I'm definitely better at relationships than, yeah. than dating for sure. Um, but you know, they're, they go hand in hand, right? It's like, you know, if you're not good at dating, then you're, you're, you're just going to kind of find anybody and then try to make it work with anybody. And that's not going to be so helpful. So, you know, but if you get better at dating, right, it's a skill like anything else. So you can learn to get better. You find better partners. Now, once you spend all that time and effort and energy to find that better partner, if you're not so good at relationships, right, you got to build that skill too, so that you can carry that through. And so all that time and energy isn't wasted and, you know, you're right back to where you started. So long story short, both matters. <laughs> Be intentional about both. <laughs> and uh, just, you know, again, uh, for those who are listening, I'm, I, just by being here right now, you are already so far ahead of so many people. So Gary, any final thoughts? That's it for me. No, just, you know, I, I keep saying, you know, the effort is important. And just remember, like, the work you put into your relationship is always going to be worth it. And so, like Adam just said, you know, if you're one of the people watching this, you know, you're already somebody who's already willing to put in the work. And just know that that is going to be worthwhile and result in the kind of relationship you, you've always wanted. Amen. All right. We'll leave it on that. Thanks, Gary. Bye. Sure. All right. So now you've reached the end of the show. Please make sure you follow and subscribe to the Love Strategies podcast wherever it is that you're listening so that you never feel alone again on your journey to love. As always, if you want to unlock all of our love strategies and begin your love life transformation, head on over to lovestrategies.com to get started. Stay beautiful and uh, speak to you next week.